Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Soberland, a podcast where we talk about mental health. <laughs> I'm your host, Lindsay Cowan. Um, I just wanted to real quick say thank you to everyone who um, listened to the first episode and is listening to this episode. Thank you guys too, not just the first episode people, but um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback and support and it's been really cool to get messages from people telling me exactly what it was that they related to or really loved about the episode. So thank you so much for that, guys. Um, so for today's guest, I am very excited to introduce him. He is my cubicle neighbor, work bud, Shane Stern. Hi, Shane. Hey, that's, that's me. <laughs> hey, bud. Hey, bud. Yeah, we um, we actually greet each other every day like that, like, hey, bud, which... Yeah. The only other person I say that to is my dog. <laughs> nice. I'm in the same category as an animal. We're like, hey, buddy, how's, how's it going? How you doing today? Please don't talk to me in that voice, though. It kind of seems like also, I was thinking about this, like a stepdad who's like really trying to connect with this, <laughs> with this kid. Like, let's go throw the old pigskin around, it's, bud. You I'm know? still new, you know, yeah. so that's probably where it comes from. I am. I'm, I'm just trying to connect to you on a, an emotional level. <laughs> Um, is it okay if I tell them where we work? Yeah. It's mostly just my family and friends, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell your three listeners. <laughs> so they already yeah. know. And they could also just go to my LinkedIn page if they did, like if I didn't tell them. But um, we work at IHOP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shane's a hostess. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hostess. They, I haven't quite worked up to host level yet. And, um, and I'm a, a line cook, obviously. <laughs> I flip the pancakes. Uh, no, we actually, we work at the corporate office. Um, that is a thing. People seem to be surprised that that exists when I tell them. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they thought these buildings and menus and food came from, but... It's actually a restaurant support center. That's true. Technically. Yeah. And my views and opinions do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of oh my the gosh. International House of Pancakes. Okay, well, I don't think anyone from work is listening. And if they are, we love our job. And we, we're all for IHOP. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you're here, you work here, because, okay, so I've been here for two and a half years. How long have you, not as long as that? Seven months. Seven months, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. So, yeah, I had actually a bit in my stand-up where I talked about how I was in a meeting with, like, 20 people to discuss the Rudy 2D rebooty, and I was the only one that laughed, <laughs> so I'm glad that now I have someone to kind of giggle, be, giggle be with. with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, a lot of lot of sausage conversations going. Lately, there has been a lot of sausage talk lately. Yes, we yeah. we love our sausage here. We work hard and we sausage harder. <laughs> yeah, it's our new motto. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you recently, you're married. I am. Who I've met your wife. She's beautiful and lovely and super nice. And she is very lucky to have me. Yes. And you just had a baby. We did. Not, not, a, not, not you. A, not, not, I did not. Yeah. So if, if if I did, I look great. Yeah. For just having had a, a child. But how how long ago was that? Oh, let's see. She's uh, the baby's two months now. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So she's you know just a life stealer. So you're not sleeping. Oh, and I yeah. what I like to do, which I I like to compare my dog to. Yes, that's always. <laughs> That's a fun to, bit you do. To your baby? I'm like, man, I didn't get any sleep last night. Truman woke me up at 5. You're like, yeah, I was up at 2 o'clock and then and 3 then o'clock. And then 3 and then and 4 then and then 5. I'm just yeah. trying trying to relate to you. Well, it's like 
It is comparable, though, because you keep Truman in a crate, and I also keep my baby in a crate. So. Actually, I don't keep Truman in a crate, so that's just, <laughs> that's just you, my friend. Oh, yeah, we're crate training her, so oh. it's not going well. Yeah. Okay. The police are going to show up at your door after this. Cool. Um, okay, so we had some things that we want to talk about with you. But before we do that, we're going to talk about me. (laughs) Um, Just really quick, I wanted to share a story because even though I I shared a lot last week of my story of sobriety, there's still a lot that's like constantly changing and that I'm experiencing in life. So I thought it would be cool to also incorporate that into the podcast, just an update on what's new. So um, I think I mentioned last in the last episode that I started going to therapy um, when I got sober and that's been really helpful for me. I've actually, I've seen two different therapists. Are you checking your email right no. now? You're, yes, you are. This story is about you. I was like, <sighs> okay. <laughs> Can we not talk about pancakes while I'm talking about therapy here? But um, that's fine. Do what you need to pancakes do. Pancakes are my therapy. I know you're, you're a busy guy. You're, you got, you got a multitask here. <laughs> Um, but so both of my therapists that I've seen have recommended that I go see a psychiatrist. Um, Can you explain the difference, please? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, okay, so, so they recommended that I go to a psychiatrist to talk about medication, and they kind of, I don't know, like, they explain it as, like, an extra tool in whatever, you know, you're trying to improve on, not so... In this case, it's like I also do like meditation and therapy and all these things. And this, the medication is like an extra helping tool, kind of like a diet pill. Like you have to also exercise and not eat like shit. So, um, so yeah, finally I went to a psychiatrist about a little over Isn't a month ago. Isn't that the ago. point of taking diet pills so that you don't have to exercise? And no, you you're supposed to. Like you're shit, supposed right? to do like, all sprinkle of the it. powder it's in just, your Taco Bell and you lose thirty pounds. No, you're supposed to do a lots of things. And it all works together to help you. This is okay. how it does the medication. So I went to a psychiatrist about a month ago for the first time. And it, so to answer your question, it was pretty much what I thought. It was like a psychiatrist was very like black and white. Um, she asked me some questions, plugged them into a computer, and basically told me I have generalized anxiety disorder, which I was like, thank you, I know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Here's my $200. Right. Um, with, a, with therapy, it's more about talking through things, processing feelings. It's a little bit more, it gets deeper into the conversation. So psychiatry is more medical, just it's for medication, really. That's about it. So she gave me um, Zoloft for anxiety, which they, they do is they like start you at a low dose and then build you up. So it was like 25 milligrams for like five days and then 50, which I've been on. And so I don't really feel like it's made much of a difference. I don't know if I just haven't noticed it, but I don't really, I still have pretty bad anxiety building up to things, um, especially social anxiety. And um, so I went on this past Friday for like a checkup to kind of fill them in on how things are going and it was a different doctor and she just like immediate she looked at my chart and was like okay so you have a history of alcohol abuse and anxiety and she like immediately wanted to bump me up to 100 milligrams on the Zoloft which I guess she said is the standard dosage so I was like okay um and then she wanted to give me naltrexone which is if you're not familiar it's an opiate antagonist it's used to reduce cravings for opiates um 
slash heroin and which I don't do <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> if my parents are listening um, I, but it's also it is also used for alcohol cravings which is why she was prescribing it to me um, so I'd actually heard of this before because when I was in treatment there was a girl there who was in it for heroin and she was trying to take this medication but you have to be clean for I think at least 10 days maybe even more so it was interesting to watch her in that process because like she was really sick because she was coming off of heroin and she like was nauseous and not sleeping and uh, basically said she just felt like she had the flu all the time but then once she got this medicine you can get it in like a shot in like your butt or a pill and I guess she got the shot and so she was like I could tell she was really relieved because like her cravings had gone away for the first time in like eight years she said so this stuff definitely works but um when I when the doctor gave prescribed all these things I I don't know I got kind of nervous I I just I don't think I like I don't like prescription drugs in general um I think it's like partly the hypochondriac in me is like just worried that it's going to make me feel funny or different or alter my mood or personality um I'm also worried like if I ever want to come off of it like the um like withdrawal will be really intense because I've heard it's like hard but um but also, so there's, I have those feelings towards medication in general, but also with the craving thing, I, I was really struggling. I got this, the, uh, these pills filled, but I haven't taken them yet. Um, because especially with the cravings, I feel like I, I told her that my cravings have been bad because in November, it was a really hard month for me. I had like my 30th birthday, which I didn't do anything for because I honestly, I I didn't know what to do because I'm not drinking anymore. And also I had a breakup with a guy I was dating on my birthday. So that was a bummer. Um, and then there was Thanksgiving, which I had all this time off work and no real plans. I didn't have family here. Um, I met up with some friends and then I had the elbow surgery, which I was like out of work for like a week. Shane thinks that I'm making up the elbow surgery. I'm, I'm almost positive you just wear the ace bandage. I on your literally elbow have work. shown you the stitches on my arm, and yeah. I don't. I've shown you it's pictures, X-rays. <laughs> like I don't know what else to show you, but I for sure had surgery. Um, but anyways, I think the combination of all of those things, um, I was I ended, just ended up being like alone a lot this month, and so. Loneliness is a huge trigger for me, which I, I mentioned in the last episode. And um, so I think that combined with the boredom of being alone and not doing anything, two major triggers. And so I had some pretty intense cravings this month, just really close to drinking, but um, I didn't. And so I, I shared part of that with her. So she, I think that's why she prescribed this. But um, but what I've also found is, ta- with talking through my with my therapist, is if I do things to resolve this loneliness and boredom, that could help relieve my cravings too, which is what I've been trying to do like with this podcast. And this has been um, a great thing to take up my time and like a passion project and something I've really enjoyed and just other things in my life. And I've already have felt that um, with my time filled, I'm I'm more fulfilled and these cravings that have started to go away. So I've really, was questioning if I should take this medication or not. And um, and then on Sunday, so that was on Friday, she gave it to me. On Sunday, I went to this event um, for this, like, you probably don't. Have you heard of Bando? No. Uh, yeah, your wife may have. It's, like, this online store for women, like, 
my age, direct like people like me. And they have like clothing and accessories and really cool stuff. And so they uh, had this pop-up store in their corporate office here in LA. So uh, some friends and I went and um, just to go shopping, but they actually ended up having this like advice booth thing with Jen Gotch, who is the founder of the company. Um, but she's also a huge mental health advocate and she, um, she's like a 40, I believe, like so she's a little older, but um, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in her 20s and she has depression and, and anxiety and she's really open about it. And I actually just found out she has a podcast on mental health, which I thought was awesome. Um, so I definitely, I wanted to go chat with her at this, at this thing. And so we got to talk just one-on-one for like 15 minutes and she was super cool, really down to earth. And, um, we started talking about mental health and I told her about my concerns with this new medication I was given. And she was telling me about how she's been to so many doctors over the years and been tried so many different medications and it's been hard to figure out kind of. Um, which ones are the best ones for her and she's finally found that and but her advice to me regarding this specific situation was like basically it was like you have the control and power over yourself to, to determine what is best for you like if you think that a dosage is too much or too little or is making you feel funny or you really don't need it like I was saying in my case that maybe I, I don't need this you can question it and you can talk to the doctor about it you can do research you can take action basically and it it kind of made me feel empowered that I don't just need to be like oh this medical professional told me that I have to take this so let me take this when and it made me feel less guilty about or less I don't know weird about questioning it so um at this time I think what I'm going to do is up the Zoloft to 100 because like I said, I wasn't really feeling an effect from it before. And this doctor said that's the standard dosage. But I think right now I'm going to try to continue to do these things in my life that I think will uh, reduce my cravings, like in, like filling my time with things that I enjoy. Um, and then if it comes to it and I feel like those, it comes down to it and I feel like those things aren't helping, then yeah, I'm totally open to trying that other medication. So. It's just, this is a whole new world for me. I've never been on prescription meds before. And I'm, like I said, I'm really nervous about it. So um, yeah, I'll just, I'll keep you guys updated on what happens, but that's where I'm at right now. So if you have experience with that, let me know. Let's chat about it. This is actually super topical and uh, probably gonna make you more nervous, but my whole discussion today, uh, when we get to me after you're done with your monologue, um, <laughs> is uh is uh, on prescription drugs whoa that's so weird because i was actually thinking like he doesn't care about all this stuff i'll maybe record this on my own not so i don't waste your time so that's like pretty awesome yeah you're actually gonna touch on this too pretty serendipitous oh my god the universe is so cool (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah uh i have gotten to know you like i said we joke around a lot here but also um, we talk a lot about some personal stuff, family. Um, yeah. I shared this podcast uh, idea with him, and he opened up to me about um, a little bit about his family and similar things that he's gone through. So I wanted to have him on and to you talk about. To make me co-host. Okay, you. So, he keeps on I trying to become the co-host, and so I'm like, honored. Oh my gosh, no, Silverland. <laughs> See, you can sing the song. That's fine. <laughs> 
So yeah, what do you? Um, I really don't know too much of the details at all. So this is going to be new to me too. I'm excited. Yeah, this is uh, this is um, a, my life. Uh, I've talked a lot about in a lot of different venues um, because I think it's super helpful for other people who have grown up uh, in a similar way that I did. Because I think a lot of kids have. Um, so I personally, I'm not an addict, uh, mm-hmm. nor have I ever been addicted to anything other than a good time. <laughs> Um, But my dad was an addict, and I think that is a reason why I'm not an addict. I know a lot of uh, kids grow up in households where their parents are addicts, and then they also become addicts. And it had a little bit of the opposite effect of me, because I could see, I saw firsthand how it could destroy someone's life. So um, a little backstory: my dad uh, was a really successful writer and producer. Uh, so he wrote for a lot of the 80s and 90s sitcoms that you would see on TV, um, had a couple features, and was was big in the Hollywood uh, world. He told me a lot of stories about... Is your dad Jerry Seinfeld? Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I was really trying not to tip the hat. Uh, uh, no. no, he's not. If he was, uh, I would not be here. No. Um, I would still be at IHOP. I just wouldn't be here doing your podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, um, but he was, you know, a really hot writer producer, um, and with that came um, a lot of. First, I should back up. Writers in general uh, tend to be mentally ill. Yeah. So I've seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty pretty similar to that. So, my dad. Uh, struggles with mental illness. He is uh, manic depressive, so he has bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has severe OCD. Um, he's told me stories where like he used to um, like not leave his room at night and like would actually urinate in his closet because like he had such severe OCD and anxiety. He like didn't want to leave his room. And then when he was in college, he was in a frat. Um, and he would stay up all night long, like checking corners of walls, checking to make sure the oven was off, checking all the locks on the doors. Uh, and then he had like vocal tics and stuff. He used to have to lick his jeans before he would put them on. So like a lot of crazy stuff. Um, and then it got better as he got older. Um, but he, being mentally ill um, and being a writer, and uh, he was exposed to a lot of drugs. So it kind of started off in the recreational phase, you know, cocaine in the 80s was a big thing. Um, he's, uh, you know, told me that he's pretty much done every drug multiple times known to man, except for meth. That's the only one he's mm-hmm. never done. Um, so he kind of already had that, like, a, addiction to being high already. Um, and then as he, he, you know, he cleaned up, he found my mom, they got married, he was really happy for a long period of time, and then he had my sister, um, and he said he, he felt like this overwhelming pressure all of a sudden that, uh, you know, being a writer, you're often like just going from one job, one show to another show, you have no real stability, um, and so he felt this like immense pressure to provide for his family all of a sudden, and so he would work all the time. Uh, like lock himself in his office and then that's when he started getting really depressed and having a lot of anxiety so he started on um, on antidepressants so he was on clonopin and lithium which are two heavy hitters 
and uh, he would kind of like self-prescribe himself because he you know his friends were his psychiatrists and he was powerful he knew a lot of people and in Hollywood if you know you can basically write your own prescriptions so he Mm. was um, like he would wean himself off and then he would go back on and like large doses he would over like take over the prescribed dose and then just get like infinity reef and an infinite amount of refills and uh, and then when I was born he had an accident and had an injury and then they prescribed him Norco and then he got addicted to Norco Mm. so not only was he on painkillers but he was also on all of these prescription meds and uh, he was just totally erratic so like what I grew up like having this like weird guy living in my house that I like knew was my dad but never really was a fatherly figure to me more of just like this weird friend that I hung out with sometimes because he was never really around and when he was present he wasn't really present right so he, he mm-hmm. was like he was like would be super manic and like want to go play and like do crazy things and then all of a sudden like a switch would flip and he would get like really aggressive and angry and like pick fights with people and chase friends out of my house and mm. uh, it was super crazy so I grew up in that seeing seeing all of that and then seeing his eventual downfall of like the family falling apart my parents getting divorced and splitting up multiple times growing up and seeing how like firsthand him having these breakdowns and uh it like had a big effect on me and and uh so I like I've always had this weird thing about medications like I it's I'm hard-pressed to even take antibiotics now Mm. so um it's definitely affecting me and like having a baby I think now it's like it's really coming full circle because even I, I still talk to him <clears throat> and I was telling him everything that I've been doing with my daughter and he's like you and I are just totally different he's like I was never good at that stuff and never like had an interest in doing like he's like I just wanted to be fun um, and he's like but I had to work and he's like you you're able to like prioritize your family over work and then he's like and then you get involved in the non-fun stuff too and uh, which you know it does like changing diapers is not fun. Yeah, but you got it. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to change the poop. You yeah, know? baby and can't do that. Can't always be my wife because then she'll you know leave right. me. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So he that's interesting perspective that he has. Like he just was there for the fun stuff. Like yeah. he's you know as an adult you would think that he would realize like you also have to take care of stuff and do things that aren't always fun like. I wonder why he had that yeah. perception. I don't know. Hmm. So you guys are still, you still speak with him? I do, yeah. I'm actually the only person in my family that still talks oh, to him. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he has uh, no relationship with my sister. Um, they had, like, a huge falling out, uh, like, 10 years ago. Um, and she finally just kind of wrote him off. And uh, But he and I have always just kind of had, like, a different relationship, I think, because I... Uh, you know, I had a, I grew up with a great mom, and, and then I was able to fill that void of that fatherly figure with my athletic coaches. So I like, I still had a like a mentor in a fatherly role growing up. Mm-hmm. I just looked to other people, but my sister didn't. So I think she always resented him for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like he just grew up like I grew up with him, just kind of being my buddy. Like he yeah. was just a friend. So but we still very much have that relationship. Like I've. He, he would always say to me, like, you know, I'm still your dad, 
but I've never really respected him as my dad, so like I treat him as my friend. I don't always return his phone calls, and I don't talk to him or see him as much as I do my mom or other people, but yeah. he's, I still like consider him a part of my life, and I feel bad for him. Like, I empathize with him because I know he's mentally ill. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. This is interesting to me because um, I my parents are still together, and my I grew up with like a really amazing father, but I have siblings. I have two brothers. They're twins, and a sister who they're actually my half siblings. I've never referred to them or viewed them as that because they've been in my life my whole life, and I'm really close with them. But they actually have a different father, and he um, was an addict, and he actually overdosed and died. So. Mm-hmm. I've experienced in a way I have but not really so it's just like I don't know that's just I just feel really lucky to have my dad I guess I don't know but um, I think it's also really interesting that you mentioned that makes you kind of more cautious with drugs because I've noticed that with my brothers because it can Mm -hmm. be a very hereditary thing so if you have ever taken like any kind of pain meds or anything have you noticed that it kind of like your excites you more than it should or something like that um that's really interesting so like the one like major time i took um pain meds was i had shoulder surgery in high school and i was on vicodin for like six weeks and um no i never really had like that addictive um like like where it made me feel like ooh, like this is super fun if anything like it made me stick to my stomach Uh. and like kind of had an adverse effect but I will say, like, when I was in high school, like, I drank a lot and, like, smoked a lot of weed. And, like, I would say, if anything, like, I was never addicted to, like, obviously, like, not weed. But, like, I was never addicted to alcohol or, or drugs or anything like that. But I was, like, I, in high school, I was, like, addicted to, like, surrounding myself with things and people and activity which I think like I kind of feel like you were talking about filling that void of loneliness Mm -hmm. and boredom and I like I was addicted to that like I always needed to go out and I would get pissed off at my friends like if they wanted to go home at 11 I'm like it's just begun like yeah I'm ready to party you know like I like I didn't want to go home and I think it was because I would go home to that house Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to be there and yeah so like I was never addicted to like one certain substance but I was definitely addicted to like the party lifestyle yes when you said that like your dad was an addict I don't know why but like my mind immediately went to like I don't know like heroin or something like that I didn't think prescription pills so that's interesting yeah that I was talking about how I'm kind of learning that World and how it affects me, and trying to figure out what dose and what to take, and because it can be a really dangerous thing that can ruin your life, it can ruin your family if you, you know, if you don't do it responsibly. Um, I mean, I feel like once like the doctor should have been like questioning this with your dad, like, oh my gosh, this guy's on like several different medications. This combination probably isn't a great idea. Like, I don't. So I think that's when. Going back to what I said about it's okay sometimes to maybe question, like, is this yeah. the right thing to do? So, I don't but know. My dad had, like, you know, like, Michael Jackson doctors. Oh, like, yeah. Not real doctors, you know, like, yeah. pay-to-play pay mm, kind of doctors. I see, yeah. yeah. And that's not to, I'm not saying, like, if you get pills, you should immediately flush them down the toilet. Like, I think that <laughs> they can be really helpful and, it, you know, but it's just you got to be careful with them. Yeah. Is basically what I'm saying, and that's what I'm trying to 
figure out right now myself. So I will say, I, I actually think I am addicted to something. What? I am addicted to Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> Do you have really bad gas? I, have, I just have like a really sensitive stomach, but I love food that is shitty for me. Like wow. I just like, you know, so I've got like Pepto-Bismol in my car. Well. Pepto, shout out to Pepto, <laughs> to the Bismol makers. Maybe you should go talk to a therapist about Listening to the podcast. Maybe you should talk to someone about this addiction. Yeah, it would be great if there was a prescription strength Pepto-Bismol that I could get hooked on. Like an underground, (laughs) extra strength. A black market. (laughs) I'm going to start cooking it up in my... I'm going to mix that shit with x uh, What's that? Gas-X? Gas-X? Not X-Lax. Oh, my God. It's like... (laughs) You have problems with diarrhea? Here, take some Pepto-Bismol with X-Lax. At at work, they're going to be like, where's Shane? I'm like, he's just in the bathroom (laughs) all the time. I don't know what happened. Why do you think I live a block away? So... That's so true. Exactly. So you can run. I home. could run home and change my poopy <laughs> pants. Change <laughs> my diet. Okay, this took a, a strange turn. Um, <coughs> sorry, I was gonna say, I have really noticed um, how much of a great dad you are. I mean, you have like pictures of your kid all over your your cubicle, and you're always talking about her and how she's going to a doctor's appointment, and you got to run home to see her, and so. Obviously, even though your dad wasn't always there for you, you made the decision to always be there for your kid, which I totally yeah. respect, and I think that's Thanks, great. Thanks, bud. Yeah, bud. Yeah, I think, like, when I found out I was having uh, a baby, <laughs> I just, like, made a conscious decision that, like, I was going to be involved. Mm. Like, I, I see, like, a lot of tendencies in myself that I see in my dad. Like, obviously, we share, unfortunately, share a lot of genetics, uh, as much as I tell him that I was adopted, um, <laughs> like I do, like he had, like he didn't have a lot of patience and kind of like a short fuse. And I see that, like I am definitely super, super duper mellow. But I do like when something is like driving me crazy, like when a baby is screaming for two and a half hours straight, and there's nothing you can do to console. It like you turn, you turn to the Pepto. I, I turn to the Pepto. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> I go to liquid and pill form, oh and I double fist that shit. Um, you're gonna have to put an explicit thing on this podcast. Explicit, explicit content. Yeah, no, 18 no, 18 and up <laughs> for this podcast. No, but like, I definitely like. There's times where I've just like, like my wife and I will just tell each other like. If you're ever feeling like you're about to lose it, like just stop and like put the baby down and be like, I need to take a minute. Mm-hmm. And so like there, I definitely have moments like that. And I think all parents probably do, but like I've uh, I just want to make sure that my kid grows up knowing her dad as a dad. And like I'm definitely gonna be the fun parent because Brittany is a you know she's an she's a fascist dictator in the home what but yeah you don't know that side of her but uh, yeah i only saw her for a minute at madewell <laughs> at the yeah. store. Yeah. i was like hi, hi. <laughs> shopping for jeans uh now she's like definitely like the she's a behavioral therapist oh. so a little bit of background on her she is like a she takes statistics on people and like she's like regimented and i'm mm. not that person at all so I'm the fun parent, but like I still want my kid to know me as like a dad and like been there, like doing dad things other than just you know coaching little league or yeah. or joking around. So uh, yeah, I make sure and like I told my boss here that like family is my priority. Even when I was interviewing, I said in, like fa- my family is my number one thing. So mm-hmm. like if it's, if she's got a doctor's appointment, I'll leave. Like I'll make sure I've, yeah. I can make time for it. Yeah. Aww. 
You're like, pancakes will not run my life. Pancakes. <laughs> the end of the day, it's just pancakes, right? <laughs> That's what life's about. <laughs> it's all pancakes. And, oh, also, you told me that you and your wife actually met on Tinder. We sure did. That's Our, a success story. It's a weird Tinder success story. So if anybody from Tinder is listening and you want to donate or, like, do a national I, advertising who campaign. Who goes on Tinder anymore? I feel like they're just, just gone people downhill. looking to bang. So maybe you could help bring them back up with your... Your success story. Yeah, we could like give them. I don't even know if they're going for that angle anymore. I yeah. think they know what they they're are. Just going they're for just like, yeah, we're the fucking the, 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 we're the, the, <laughs> good old the, fucking good old fucking app. <laughs> you know. Well, I guess we'll end on that. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you so it's much. It's always good to end on fucking. Yeah. God. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you for being here, Shane. You are a great IHOP employee and friend. So thanks, bud. Okay. Bye. Bye.